everyone. It's so good to see everyone's face again in the house of the Lord this morning. Our God is truly great, and he's greatly to be praised. The Psalms just says in Psalms 121, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will neither will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is the shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go unto the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built up for a city that is compact together. Whether the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, unto the testimonies of Israel, to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. Amen. And why don't we stand this morning and do that? Let's just give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy, and do it forever. I thank you, Jesus, again this morning, O oh God. I thank you, Lord God, that I have another chance to be in your presence. I am thankful, Lord, that this is the day that you have made, uh, and I will rejoice, and I will be glad in it. Uh, I am so thankful, God, for this place of worship today. I am thankful, Lord God, for your loving kindness and tender mercies. I am thankful for your protective hands, God. I am so thankful, Lord, that I have a God who with his enemy angels watches over me. I am thankful, Lord God, that in your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there's pleasures uh, forevermore. I am thankful, God, uh, that I have another chance to intercede for my brothers and sisters. Uh, I am thankful, Lord God, that your grace is sufficient uh, for me. I am thankful, Lord God, uh, that I know that you are able to do exceeding abundantly above all I could ever ask or think. Uh, I am thankful, Lord, that you healed, you deliver, you set free, that you break every chain, O oh God. I am thankful, Lord God, to be in your presence. I am thankful for your word, O oh God, again this morning, that word two or three are gathered together in your name. There you are in the mix of us. I am thankful for the Holy Ghost. I am thankful for the power in the anointed this morning. I am thankful, Lord God, that you've made a way where there seemed to be no way. I am thankful, Lord God, uh, that you're able, Lord God, to touch hearts uh, all over today. I'm thankful that you can open doors and no man can shut uh, and shut and no man can open. Uh, I am thankful, Lord God, that I have life in my body today. I am thankful that I have clothes upon my back. Uh, I am thankful that I have a bed to sleep in. Uh, I'm thankful that I have a car to travel in. Uh, I am thankful, Lord God, that you have opened mine eyes, that I can see the beauty that you have created this morning. I am thankful, Lord. 
Oh, I am so thankful. I pray for those that are not here this morning, Father. I pray for their health. I pray for their strength. I pray for their guidance. I pray for their directions of their lives, their loved ones. Oh, God, each and every church today, each and every saint of God today, I'm asking you to strengthen them and encourage them and lift them. Bless them in their household. Bless them and their children. Bless them and their family. God, I pray for our first responders today, our policemen, our firemen, oh God, our EMT teams, our medical personnel. I pray for their health. I pray for their safety. I pray for your keeping power over them, God, that you would make a way for them where there seems to be no way. Strengthen them, God. Bless them, Lord. Oh, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Uh, praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Well, where do I go when there's no else to turn to? Who do I talk to when no one wants to listen? Who do I lean on when there's no foundation stable? I go to the rock. I know he's able, I go to the rock, I go to the rock of my salvation, I go to the stone that the builders reject. I run to the mountain, and the mountain stands by me. When the earth all around me is sinking sand on Christ, the solid rock I stand. When I need a shelter, when I need a friend, I go to the rock. I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone that the builders rejected. I run to the mountain and the mountain stands by me. When the earth all around me is sinking sand, on Christ the solid rock I stand. When I need a shelter, when I need a friend, I go to the rock. Oh, where do I go? When there's no one else to turn to, who do I talk to? When nobody wants to listen, who do I lean on? Oh, when there's no foundation stable, I go to the rock. I know he's able. I go to the rock. Sing again. Oh, where do I go? 
when there's nobody else to turn to. Who do I talk to when nobody wants to listen? Who do I lean on? Oh, when there's no foundation stable, I know we'll rock, I know he's able, I go to the rock. Oh, I go to the rock of my salvation, I go to the stone that the builders rejected. I run to the mountain and the mountain stands by me when the earth all around me is sinking sand on Christ a solid rock I stand when I need a shelter when I need a friend I'll go to the rock one more time oh I go to the rock of my salvation, I go to the stone that the builders rejected. I run to the mountain, and the mountain stands by me. When the earth all around is sinking sand, on Christ a solid rock I stand. When I need a shelter, when I need a friend, I go to the rock. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, I will run to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone that the builders rejected. Amen. I can climb upon him. The psalmist says, in the times of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle, he would hide me. He will set me on a rock in my head and be high about my enemies round about me. Therefore, when I open his tabernacle, the sacrifices of joy, I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises unto my God. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord and see everybody's face. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. Amen. We want to get right into our discipleship class again. Amen. Hopefully you've been following along with us. Amen. And Enjoying yourself, I'm telling you, I have been totally blessed by uh, teaching this lesson, amen. And the people would say to me, how can you get so excited when ain't nobody there? I say, they are there, you just don't see them, <laughs> amen. Praise God, amen. The house was filled with angels all around us, amen. So, got to preach like a cocktail's on fire sometime, you know. <laughs> So we've been following John in this wonderful epistle that he has written unto us. And and so to get us back on track here, amen, we want to always remember the four reasons that John says that he wrote this epistle to us. And you find these four reasons usually uh, this following this trend in all of the writings of the epistles. Uh, whether Paul wrote them, whether Peter wrote them, whether James wrote them, they seem to have these four reasons for writing in to us. And number one was to add to our joy. Amen. We know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. 
We know that joy came with the Holy Ghost. And so therefore, they want to add to that joy. They want that joy to be running over in you. Amen. And that's what God's Word is designed. That's why Paul says in Romans 15, 4, that is through patience and comfort of the Scripture that we find hope. Amen. The joy of the Lord is always our strength, praise God. And so these words are designed to help us to grow more in joy, and they want to add to our joy. The second reason, he says, was to guard us against sin. Because, you see, when we're baptized in Jesus' name and we're filled with the Holy Ghost, you and I, we are risen to walk in a new life. We are to now avoid sin. We are to stay away from those things that can hinder us and harm us and present us to not be what Christ says that we can become. Amen. (coughs) Sin is running rampant. And so, therefore, we have to... Excuse me. We have to control it. We have to have dominion over us. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 24, 12, he says in the last days, because iniquity or sin would abound, the love of many will wax cold. And we see that transpiring and taking place in the world today. As I preached last Sunday, my message, the whole earth is off course. We can see that. We can see what is going on. If you go back and remember Genesis 6, when God destroyed the first serpent, what was the reason? They was off course. Amen. Sin began to run rampant. Sin began to take over. And as a result, God had no recourse. Amen. But to destroy. Amen. And so, therefore, we need to guard ourselves against sin because we know that sin cannot enter there. Amen. The whole purpose of being born again is to stay away from wrong things and live right and to do what is right so that we can reign with him forever and ever. You see, because our lives are built on righteousness. We have to have the righteousness of God. And the third reason John says he wrote this letter to us was to guard us or protect us from false teachers and false prophets. We we want to know the truth of God's word. That's why James tell us study. I mean, Paul told Timothy to study to show yourselves approved unto God, workmen that needed not be ashamed. Rightly divide the word of truth. We need to know what is in God's word because it is designed to protect us. Amen. Ephesians four tell us He gave us some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists and pastors and teachers to perfect the saints of God. So we have to realize there's false teachers. Jesus said it was going to happen, and they're coming. They're they're everywhere. Amen. And so we have to realize, that's why Paul, in his writings to the churches, he admonished them constantly to beware of false teachers. He told them, mark them that cause offense contrary to the doctrine which you have received, and avoid them. As he told the church at Galatia in the first chapter, in the sixth, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him which called you into the grace of God to another gospel, though there be not another gospel, but though we are an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than that which we have preached unto you, let them be accursed. Amen. They can look the part. That's why Paul says it is no marvel 
that Satan has transformed himself into an angel of light is no great mystery that his ministers would appear as ministers of righteousness. Amen. But I come to tell you today, when the dollar controls the pulpit, and I think you might have heard me say this before, when the dollar controls the pulpit, there's the, the devil is in the pew. Sin is going to be in the pew. In other words, if this position here that I'm feeling, when it be, if it becomes all about money and so and give me money, 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 and you got to pay me to to deliver God's message and to be a harlan like some churches is, you know, guess what? They ain't going to preach against sin. Amen. That's our livelihood. I had a guy one time tell me, you know, that he they'd lock the church door. You gotta be kidding me. Uh preach it on do what they tell him, he'd lock the door. It ain't happened on my watch. Amen. But we have to be careful. He wants to guard us against false teaching. And the fourth reason here, he says, is to strengthen our faith and to ensure that we have eternal life. Notice, amen, that these four points, when you're reading the Word of God, that's what you want to look for. You want to look, amen, how, how are they encouraging us? How are they edifying us? How about Is this something that I need to be aware of? The application part is what you're looking for every time you read the Word of God. Okay, is this something I need to avoid? Is this something I've been doing wrong that now I need to stop doing it? That's to guard us against that sin. We know Paul tells us in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that's why... We find here. So if I can avoid these things and I know truth from error, John says, then I'm going to guess what? Increase my faith. I'm going to be strong in the faith. See, when I follow the word of God, when I do what God's word is trying to show me to do, I'm going to have strong faith. In Christ, amen. I'm going to start believing what Jesus is saying I can do and what I can become. And guess what? The overall premise is to give me eternal life. So I can live with him forever and evermore. That's why I became a Christian, because I want that eternal life. And that's what Jesus said. Remember, I am come that they may have life and that more abundantly. See, so you've got to grasp this thing. You've got to hold on to it. And then so last week we was finishing up the fourth chapter of First John chapter 4. And we was talking from that fourth chapter that John tell us how we can know the, the false teachers. Amen. He says, if they don't confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, then they're not of God. In other words, if they don't believe that Jesus was God, they're, they're false. Amen. They're false teachers. So you have to realize it, it seems tight, but it's right. If they don't confess that Jesus is God, they're false. See, because from the beginning, from the onset, from the outset, amen, Jesus made known to his disciples who he was. They had a knowledge. They had assurance of who he was from the inception of the church. That's why Paul says in 1 Timothy 3:16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received back up in the glory. You see, you have to realize and get this understanding because neither is there salvation 
any other. The only person can save you is God. I can't save you. That, and the disciples knew that. That's why you have to be able to disciple the Word of God. Yes, at the writers, uh, they were inspired by God. And man wrote this book, but you have to realize that is of the Holy Ghost that is directing them. And sometimes they're writing it because Jesus was a man in flesh, just like you and I was. And so therefore they write a lot of times from that standpoint of a human, a humanity. They write. That's why he's called the Son of God. That's why they write it from that standpoint. But at the same time, you see it on the other standpoint. They're writing it to let you know he's God. Amen. He robed himself in flesh. You will remember Isaiah seven fourteen: A virgin shall conceive and have a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as what? God is with us. Amen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and was not nothing made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light. Amen. So John warns us, and he's given us these little nuggets to be able to identify false teachers and false prophets and how to guard ourselves against sin. See, and that's what Paul would write to you in the sixth chapter of Ephesians. You remember? He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He says, put on the whole armor of God so that you're able to stand against the wiles or the tricks or the schemes of the devil. See, because you remember how this, Satan deceived Eve. He tricked her. He, he put up a scheme. He says, if God says, you know, he questioned her. He got her to a point that where she started thinking that what God has said was not what God really meant. And that's what is happening to a lot of people in the churches today. The devil is getting them to think, is this really what God meant? I don't think that's what God meant. Every word of God is pure. Every word of God is true. It's been tried. It has been, amen, for you and I. So we need to take this at face value. Amen. If God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. But today we see that men are changing it. They're saying, well, I don't think that's what that really means. Maybe we need to take this piece out. You know, and as a result, that's why you're starting to see a whole lot of Bibles coming out today is because they're taking out some of the things from the original and from the beginning. And as a result, it is designed to thwart your memory and what God says that cause confusion. And we know that God is not the author of confusion. He's the author of peace. Amen. They are starting to write in all kinds of Bibles for the homosexuals and the sinners. And they, they're changing it to try to fit today's culture, they say. Well, I come to tell you, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. He does not change. I am the Lord, he says. Uh, and so, therefore, we need to follow his pattern and understand so that we can identify these false teachers and false doctrine. And then the fourth reason that he wants to strengthen our faith, amen, and you notice here in chapter 4, John calls us back 
to the real piece of the puzzle. And that's love. See? In the, in the fourth chapter, before I run to the fifth real quick, amen, he starts in verse 7. He says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. And this was manifest, the love of God towards us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation or the atonement for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No man have seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us, because that he have given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world, whosoever will shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, not that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear have tormented. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hate his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he have seen, how can he love God whom he have not seen? And this commandment have we from him that we will love God, love his brother also, now notice what John is trying to get us to realize here. Amen. He's letting us know that God is love. See? And so therefore, if God is in us, and I say that I'm in him, then I've got to love. My gulpy love has got to grow. See? I've got to perfect my love. So I've got to love God more than anything else. In this whole wide world, I think I have told you and share with you, my pastor, as soon as I got saved, and I used to sit on the second row of the church, and he would always hold up his Bible, and he would say, Brother Rufus, you've got to love this more than anything else in the whole world. Amen. And I took him at his word. Amen. And I loved the word of God, and I studied the word of God, and I memorized the word of God, because I want to know it inside and out. Amen. I don't want nothing to be able to come between me and God. Amen. That's what Paul says to the church at Rome in the 8th chapter. Who shall separate me from the love of God? Amen. If you don't have a true, strong love for God, things will separate you from God. People will separate you from God. Your job will separate you from God. Money will separate you from God. Things people say will separate you from God if you don't love God more than anything else in your life. Amen. If you're going to be perfected, 
You've got to love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And if you love God that way, everything else is going to fall right into place for your life. Amen. And you got to love your neighbor as yourself. Every one of us that say we are born again should be perfecting our love. Our marriages should be built on that love of Jesus Christ. Husbands and wives should love one another so much that Jesus is just flowing everywhere. Amen. We've got to perfect this love thing in us. Amen. Love is life. Love is obedience. Love is vivifying. Love is edification. You've got to be strong in your love walk. Uh, amen. With God. It's a depth do us part thing. It's just like having a marriage. Marriages may be built in heaven, but all the maintenance is right down here on earth. You've got to put some time in to making it perfected. Amen. Using the same way with our love in God. John says, you don't say you love God and you hate your brother. That's why Jesus says, on these two commandments, thou shall love the Lord thy God. Matthew, I mean, Mark chapter 12. Amen. Uh, Mark chapter 12, verse 29. I think that might be right. If I'm wrong, you guys correct me. You scholars, you Bible scholars. Y'all got me right. All right. Chapter 29, verse 29, 12, 29, Mark. And Jesus asked them, the first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. And this is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely, this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than this. Amen. Think about it. God first, your neighbor is yourself. You've got to love. Amen. That's like some, some people is trying to say with this thing in, in Minnesota and stuff, and I'm not being political, and they're trying to talk about racism and all that. Let me tell you something. I'm 69 years old. The only thing that's going to stop racism is people accepting the gospel of Jesus Christ and following the law of God, do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. Amen. Until they get back to the word of God, it's going to be here. Racism is going to be in people's lives. Amen. And thankfulness is going to be in people's lives. Discontentment is going to be in people's lives. Amen. As Paul says, the work of the flesh is going to be manifested. It's going to manifest itself if you're not in love with God. Until you get the truth of God's word in you, amen, and get it settled in your heart, it's going to be there. Amen. I'm here to tell you. So you need to figure these things out uh, at the earliest stage in your life. We've got to perfect uh, our love in us. Amen. I've got to love everybody. It's not a black or white or brown thing. I love a black person more than I love a white person or a white person more than I love a black person or a brown person. No, I'm a Christian. I'm a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm a child of the King. And my father is no 
respecter of person. He loved everyone. He went to Calvary for everyone. And so therefore, I need to perfect this love thing in me or else. Uh, amen. They can march around with holding signs all that you want. Sin is still going to be in the camp. Uh, amen. Until we get a hold of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, and apply it to our lives. Amen. The world is turned upside down. The world is of course. Uh, the world needs Jesus. Amen. To get themselves right uh, and back in the line. So John warns us. Uh, amen. We've got to get it right. Amen. Now, this is a good situation. You can see who's false teachers or what's going on right now in Minnesota. See, we, we, we can figure it out all across the land. Don't need to have a degree to figure that out. But we've got to perfect this love thing in us. There's no fear in love, John says. Amen. As I said last week, you know, uh, Goliath tormented Israel for 40 days. All he did was torment him. That's why the enemy does to you and me. He just torment. He knows he has no power over you. He just keep tormenting you, tormenting you, tormenting you. You know? But when you get your love right in God, he ain't going to be tormented. Amen. He can't defeat you. Greater is he, John says. I think there's there in the fourth verse, four and four. He says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. Amen. How great is your God? How great is his name? He's the greatest one forever the same. He rolled back the waters of the mighty Red Sea. And he said, I want to lead you, so put your trust in me. Amen. Praise God. You're serving a great God. Amen here. And so we have to capture this thing, and we've got to perfect this love in us. Amen. If you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, the other stuff is going to fall in line. Hear me. Praise God. <laughs> the golden rule is going to just develop itself. Amen. I, I can remember when I was in the army, and the first thing, and, I, and it took a lot of people by surprise when the first couple of cases of sexual harassment came out in the army. You know, I mean, it sent shockwaves through the whole Department of Defense. And people's got to say, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Commander-in-Chief walked up, and the first thing he said is this, do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. He quoted Scripture. It takes, that fixes everything. When you treat people the same way you want to be treated, it's going to make all the difference. In the world, nobody wants to be abused. Nobody wants to be hollered at. Nobody wants to be lied to. Nobody wants to be gossiped on. You don't want that to happen to you. Why are you going to do it to somebody else? Hello? <laughs> Just keep that in your psyche. See? So we want to perfect our love. Amen. 
That's why you, you see that Jesus is constantly telling us. And, and the writer of Hebrews, what did he say in Hebrews 6? He says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ, he says, let's go on to perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance and dead works and faith towards God. He said, we're going to do that anyhow. See, that's a given. He said, but we need to go on and get complete in Christ. I want to know him, David said, uh, Paul says, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. I want to know about God so I can live right. I want to be a true cross bearer. Amen. The book that I wrote about true cross bearer. I want to have the compassion that Jesus had. I want to resist all evil and live righteous the way Jesus lived righteous. I want to be obedient to God's word and to those he put over me. I want to submit myself to the things of God and to the leadership he put over me. And I want to serve God with all my heart with all my mind and my strength while I have any being. That's why Peter says we should not live the rest of our lives from the time we got up out of the waters of baptism to serve this flesh in 1 Peter 2 4. He says you don't want to live the rest of your life. You want to live the rest of your life in the will of God. You want to do what God is asking of you. You want to serve God with all your heart, uh, mind, soul, and strength. You want to love Him more than anything else in your life. And so you can be perfected in Christ. Amen. we got to let this mind, Paul says, in Philippians 2. Go to Philippians 2. I know I'm jumping around here, but we're going to get there. I think we're in the book, aren't we? <laughs> Philippians 2, 1. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if there be any comfort of love, if there be any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercies, fulfill ye my joy... That you be like-minded. There's that word again. He wants his our joy to be what? Fulfilled. He wants to add to our joy. And he's telling us so that we will add to our joy. Amen. He goes on here and he says, Having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Notice, have the same love. Love God. Let a grumpy love be in you. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Have the same love one towards another. Amen. You don't do like sinners. Jesus says, you know, you don't give just because, you know, they get something back. He says, sinners do that. Everything you do should be for Christ. If I give you a gift... I'm not looking for a gift back. See, we got to learn how to love the way God says. Amen. Let this mind, not nothing, verse 3, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in humbleness of mind, lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Think about that. You, we look at Jesus 
And John, what did he do? He humbled himself, and he washed their feet. And he tells them, the Son of Man didn't come not to be ministered to. I come to minister and to give my life a ransom. Amen. Do you prefer others better than you? Or do you look down on people? See? Build other people up. Lift them up. On some, Jude says what? Have compassion. Make a difference. Whose life are you making a difference in? Who's, who are you encouraging? Who are you edifying? Who are you building up? Amen. At the end of the day, who did you lift up? Did you sit around and eat bonbons and complain all day? Or did you build up somebody? Did you encourage someone? Did you make someone feel better about themselves than they did before you called them? That should be our goal. Let us esteem one another better than ourselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Consider other people. How can I help my neighbor? Those little things that you do. My neighbor got a jungle behind his house, but I guess what? When I do my yard, I just go over and cut it just for the fun of it. I keep it down just for the fun of it. He knows I do it. Because I asked him, is it okay if I do it? Long, long time ago. I ain't asked him no more. I just go do it because I want to do it. I go across the street, get my neighbor's garbage can, bring them out, put them back. Why? Just because I want to do it. He was like, I ain't going to pull people's garbage out. That's nasty. No. I just do it because I love doing it. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in likenesses of men and being found in fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Amen. So, but we, we've got to perfect. We want to be like Jesus. I want to be just like him. See? And this is what John is saying. If he's in me, and I'm in him, guess what? We ought to be one. We ought to be one. He and I should ought to be one. Amen. And that's why we think we say we're oneness, right? <laughs> hey, Jesus says, I and my Father are one. Amen. And are you and your Father one? When they see you, hello, here it comes. When they see you, do they see your Father? Or do they see that other guy? John says in verse 10 of the third chapter, and this the children of God are manifested in the children of the devil. Whoso do not righteousness is not of God, neither they that love it not their brother. So what is people seeing in you when they see you? 
Jesus says in Matthew 5.16, let your light shine that men would what? See your good works and glorify your pastor, which is in heaven. Huh? Something wrong? What's wrong? He says, so you will glorify your father, which is in heaven. Amen. You, you've got to have the mind of Christ. Come on. <laughs> this, this is what they're trying to do to us. They're trying, this is what they're trying to show us. This is why they want your joy to be full. This is why they want to guard us against sin. This is why they want to guard us against false teachers. This is why they want to strengthen our faith so that we know that we have eternal life is because they want us to glorify Him. They want people to be able to see what God is doing in us and has done in us and the change that has transpired in us from the time that we was born again. That's why Paul says in Romans 6, we should not continue in sin that grace may abound. He said, no way. God forbid. He said, you died to the old God. You are risen now to walk in newness of life. For we have been planted together in the likeness of his death. We should also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Amen. We should be full of power. Amen. The Holy Ghost in us should be radiant, uh, should be revealed to a lost and dying world. We've got to perfect this love. We've got to get it complete. Uh, And the way we get it complete in us is we can't let anything come between us and Jesus. Our God is bigger than all our problems. He's bigger than all our fears. He's bigger than anything this world can and I cannot see. He's bigger than all my questions. He's bigger than all my thoughts. Yes, God's bigger than any mountain that I can and cannot see. Amen? Praise God. Let's perfect this thing. Man, I didn't even get to the fifth chapter. My goodness. I still got hung in for I'm telling you, it's like the, God has me in this holding pattern for some reason. Amen. Amen. We're going to take a small, small break here, amen, from our lesson Amen. Praise God. We'll be back in 15 minutes.